Welcome to the Way Up House podcast. This is the first episode and companion podcast to the three-part documentary streaming on YouTube. Way Up takes six talented musicians spanning different genres from all over the world, puts them in a house in New York for three days, splits them into pairs and dares each duo to deliver a song that bears the fruit of their collective talents. My name is Boyce, and on this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking to Sam Fisher. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing great. What an intro. Thank you. Thank you. have you. such a soothing tone to your voice. Oh, I'm glad. It sets the tone, right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Welcome. It's a pleasure to interview you. Today. It's a Talk pleasure to, to be you. here. Can you tell me why you wanted to be involved in the Way Up House? The experience of writing with people I never have from different regions around the world mm-hmm. and seeing what our different kind of upbringings and cultures and musical influences can bring together mm-hmm. so that's really i don't know yeah okay. it's, it's been a great experience did you have any expectations what did you think would happen versus what happened <laughs> i mean when i was first when the opportunity was br- first brought to me um first of all yamaha has been a part of my musical journey since i was three mm-hmm. playing violin um so it was cool to start a relationship with such an amazing iconic musical brand like that but then also just, I mean, I'm a songwriter. It's what I do. So being able to come to a new location that isn't my apartment mm-hmm. or, you know, a different like home studio that I'm constantly in LA, it was just nice to come here, get a different energy, get a different vibe um, and just see what happens creatively. Yeah. What is your uh, usual songwriting process? My normal process is really just like, I will come into a session with a concept or a title or even just like a line of lyric um, or just a thought of something I want to write about. And we have a chat, me and my co-writer or my Mm -hmm. producer. um, We just have a chat for maybe like an hour, hour or two uh, and decide what we want to write about. Sometimes someone will just say something that sounds good and Mm -hmm. could be turned into a hook. Um, so that inspiration kind of comes from anywhere as far as getting started. And then we get a vibe as far as chords and what kind of style of song we want to write. And, and then you just kind of walk into the dark and hope you find a door that leads to a beautiful room Uh of good music. (laughs) Are you someone who can let their art go or or will you hold on to it until you absolutely have to let it go? Because you didn't have that as an option. Being in the way up house. <laughs> right. Um, that's an interesting question. I I am not that precious with my songs. I think uh, my kind of philosophy with songwriting is that it's quite a selfish act, um, especially as an artist, because I think it takes a level of narcissism to do what we do mm-hmm. because we're constantly thinking about ourselves. Um, and that goes for the same with songwriting. And so I think for me, I'm writing for myself until i put it out and it's funny like for me like all i listen to right now i'm 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 just kind of at the tail end of my first album and all i'm listening to are those songs yeah um and it's funny like i will listen and listen and listen and then once i put it out i don't listen to it anymore yeah yeah like i don't listen to my own music once it's on like the big streaming services Mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm not too precious. And like, I'm not like, oh, I'm going to save this idea for like a different experience. No, yeah. I wanted to come in here, right, give my best. And uh, I feel like I've done that. I mm-hmm. feel like we've written some great stuff here. Okay. Who did you get paired up with? 
or with Gemma Griffiths. Okay. And did you have a game plan of, that you think you were going to walk in with? Like, what what, are, what is Sam bringing to the table that's going to just a great personality? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like. Uh, no, I didn't really have a game plan. I definitely had some stuff prepared. Um, but Gemma, Gemma beat me to it. You know, we, the, the, we met, we hit it off. She's such a talent and she's such a great person. I think our personalities really work well together. Um, but she came to me and she was like, I've got this concept. What do you think? Yeah. And so we kind of took that as like the seed for the beautiful flower that is our song. Um, and we wrote really quickly. I think we write really similarly. So it was just a conversation. We went back and forth mm-hmm. and we got really comfortable with each other very quickly because we were quite fast to like say no to each okay. other. Like if she gave a terrible idea, I'd say, that's a terrible idea. Let's mm-hmm. move on. And if I gave a terrible idea, she would say, I hate that. Let's yeah, move on. Yeah. And it, but not in like a mean way in like a, we can beat it. Okay. I think we were good. We challenged each other to, to really give our best in the song, and we got there. But yeah, we came in prepared. We were ready. Okay. Uh, what was your, like, you two sat down together once mm-hmm. you found your pair together? Like, how did you start? Like, we grabbed a guitar. Mm-hmm. We went into this little atrium room over here, uh, and I started playing some chords, and Gemma had a, had a concept, and we basically just started, I don't know, just singing melodies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what was that concept the concepts so of the song we wrote two songs the that song we wrote on guitar is called um like you used to mm-hmm. and it's basically like uh no one knows me like you used to okay so aftermath of a breakup um when you don't hate each other okay and you kind of just miss each other um but you know it's over the first line of the song is i had to go get that tattoo i loved covered up Okay, <laughs> I love that. Um, and then the second line is, I couldn't reply to that message I got from your mom. Okay. So all these things that you used to love, you were trying to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really about that last piece of moving on. And yeah. so, like, we talk about, like, packing your stuff up, but, like, you can pack up material things, but you can't pack up feelings. Mm-hmm. And you can't... It's like when you're in a relationship with someone, you learn everything about them. When you break up with them, what do you do with that information? All of a sudden, you know someone's secrets, mm. but you have nothing, like nowhere to keep them, mm-hmm. nowhere to put them, no, like nothing. They don't serve a purpose yeah, for yeah. you anymore, and you wish you didn't know them, but you do. Okay. And, and how, do you, how did you plan to get that across in a song? Like, what is your Basically saying that. Hmm? What was that? Basically saying, saying that. that? Okay. I mean, like, like I'm, it's very... Her and I write in a very kind of literal way. Like I'm, I wish I was the writer that could write a metaphor and mm. and color uh, lyrics with just like gorgeous words that paint this like very specific picture. Yeah. But it's not quite like that. Um, so yeah, we. I mean, like I really think we did deliver on that concept mm-hmm. quite well. Yeah, I don't know. You just have to wait and hear yeah. the song. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, what do you What do you think you bring to this song were you like my lyrics my melodies my I mean, chords like, yeah well i definitely provided the chords mm-hmm. which like i don't normally do that i'm normally more lyric and melody um but honestly like Gemma and i it was a pretty even right neither one of us felt like we were 
kind of leading leading the right or anything yeah. because we were challenging each other on basically every line in a good way mm-hmm. um so i think lyrical content is my like that's my bag like I, i love living in there and trying to just like get the idea across and mapping out the song where it's going to start what we have to hit in the chorus mm-hmm. how we're going to go from first verse to paint the picture to settle into the chorus and then how we're going to continue the story and keep a, a listener engaged. Yeah, yeah. Um, so mapping out the song, I feel like I was, I don't know, quite instrumental in that. It was just a really good write. Are your uh, lyrics attached to a vocal melody? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And you're like, what, mumbling along? Oh, it's to all get gibberish. Okay. It's all gibberish. And sometimes, I mean, with lyrics, we will sing melodies and almost like, the sounds that we're making in our gibberish will form the lyrics, mm-hmm. which sounds mad, but it makes sense to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did the second song come up at the, the same way? So the, the second day? song we wrote uh, during like a jam, if you will. Mm-hmm. We were all in the studio. Everyone was making noise. Jammer had chords and... Um, we were honestly just singing melodies over this, over these chords while like jazz was playing the drums and uh, Jordan was on guitar and we were all just kind of like doing our thing. And then Gemma and I started writing something. Then that one kind of fell out. There was no like master plan for that. That was just kind of like, let's write a pop song. Um, Yeah. We didn't overthink it. Mm -hmm. There was no, there's no like intricate lyric. It's a good lyric, but it's simple. And I think simplicity makes good pop, uh-huh. so... How did you decide between the two songs? Um, honestly, we haven't, really. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so it's is it still hard. up in the air? I mean, like, it might be. It's, it's been hard, because they're, they're both quite different. Um, I think that one of them, we can see ourselves actually releasing more than the other, so that might be the one that we end up playing. Um... But they're they're two different songs. Mm-hmm. One one is a acoustic singer songwriter vibe, and the other one uh, is a piano vocal that could be for a DJ. It could go turn into a like a major pop mainstream kind of mm-hmm. record. It could go country. It could do. We could do whatever we want mm-hmm. with it. So it's uh, I feel like it's a good position to be in, and we'll just see what happens okay. in the future. <laughs> Were there uh, any hiccups or compromises you had to make? Um. No, the, there was an awkward moment. Oh, Gemma's going to hate me for uh. bringing this up. But <laughs> we did have, uh, we were referencing other artists as like our favorite. Because in, in like you used to in the second verse, we talk about packing things up and how we packed up our records, mm-hmm. like our vinyls. And originally we were going to say, I'm going to give you Joni and I'll keep, and Gemma wanted to put, I'll keep James Dean. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool, James Dean, sweet. And then I think a day later I was like, James Dean is an actor. Yeah, yeah. He is not a singer. Because uh-huh. <laughs> we were like, oh, what's a great James Dean song? Uh-huh. Uh, and so I had to break that news to yeah. Gemma. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we replaced all of it. Okay. Got rid of Joni, got rid of James. Elton's in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so now... Um, but that that really was it. Like, there wasn't yeah. any... There really wasn't any, like, tension... No compromise. As I said, like, Gemma and I got quite comfortable just saying, like, just expressing if we didn't love the idea. Mm-hmm. And there was no, 
I don't know, you got to take your ego out of songwriting, yeah. you know? So I think both of us are quite good at just like not being precious with our ideas, checking mm-hmm. our ego at the door and just getting on with it and writing a song. Do you feel like the, your collaboration process prior to coming here was what helped you with this? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, this is, this is the process that I do every day in, back home in uh, LA when I'm writing in London, when I, when I, wherever I am. Mm-hmm. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't change. I think as long as, as long as I know what I'm writing about, as mm-hmm. long as I have a good concept or a title or just something to jump off of, um, getting started is always the hardest part. But as soon as you're, as soon as you're in it, I think it just kind of happens yeah. as yeah. kind of like naff as that sounds. It just kind of does. It just, once you know what you're writing about, it falls out. Okay. And you said uh, earlier that uh, Gemma had the concept or there things that you find in your past work that you come back to themes i mean i tried to write uh about really what i write about is my relationship with myself um i put a lot of emphasis on mental health in just on what in what i do my songs my socials um and i'm also in a great relationship so i just don't have that much heartbreak to write about Uh, other than the relationship with myself. So I think for me, when I'm writing about something that might not be uh, like in a relationship, I do try to like um, package it in. So it sounds like a love song because I think love is the universal concept Mm -hmm. that everyone can relate to. Um, And yeah, so it's kind of, for me, there's always a sense of hope in my songs though they might sound sad. There is basically like a, this is what I'm dealing with right now, but I, by writing this song, I'm going to get past it. Okay. So it's kind of like therapy. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the approach I like to take is like not writing things that are like too deeply depressing um, because that gets exhausting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like as an artist, I always try to think, okay, like could I see myself performing this live? Mm-hmm. And I'm just such a cynical bastard that I'm like, <laughs> I just couldn't stand on stage singing like the saddest possible lyrics. I would laugh. Yeah. I yeah. really would. I'd be like, this is, and I've said it before. Like, I have a song called for now, which is just, it's really sweet, but it's very sad in the middle of, <laughs> I just got, I just came back from Australia. I was on tour there and in the middle of for now, you know, I'll look in the crowd and someone will be crying or someone mm-hmm. will be like, I don't know, just really feeling the song. And it makes me smile. And then I realize I'm smiling during this very sad song. Yeah. And so I'll say in the mic, I'm like, this is a sad song. Stop. Stop making me smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I have to joke about it because that's yeah. my coping mechanism. I'm working through it with my therapist. It's okay, fine. Okay. Good, good to hear. <laughs> so. yeah. How do you... Uh- if you can talk to the extent that you feel comfortable, uh, putting mental health issues into songs and your own personal I'm, stuff. I feel very comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I'm an open book. I have nothing to hide. I, uh, I think that it is nice that mental health has come really, like it's at the forefront of, of the arts yeah. right now and, I, and social culture as well. And talking about your feelings is becoming quite normal. Um, and I think for me, you know, the last couple of years, I've really struggled with my mental health. Um, and from the outside looking in, so someone might see, 
someone who's had their first hit during a pandemic yeah. and how lucky they are to be working through a time when so many have lost so much. And I'm very grateful for that. And I'm very conscious of that. So I, I really try to not put too much emphasis on what I was missing out on because, um, you know, I wasn't a frontline worker. Mm -hmm. I was sitting at home doing interviews and, and singing my song, this city a hundred million times on, on that. So like life, life wasn't, wasn't bad, Mm -hmm. um, from a, on a practical sense. Um, but the, my mental health, I think you can't really, you can't compare one's mental health to another. And for me personally, I think I've been in this industry for a long time. I've been signed. I've been dropped. I've had terrible experiences with some humans that didn't, uh, weren't looking out for my best interests. Mm -hmm. I've been manipulated. I've had an identity crisis. I've, um, you know, I've been called fat. I've been, uh, my hair has been made fun of to the point where I got a hair transplant and, Mm -hmm to try and fix that insecurity that was really uh, exposed by someone who made fun of my thinning hair. Um, You know, I've, my sexuality has been questioned. I've been bullied by people in the industry. It's just the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, And so, you know, when this city started taking off, I started getting messages from fans And that was the turning point for me when I realized what I was, what I was doing and the art that I was putting out into the world was helping, um, just, I don't know, give people words, uh, for their own feelings Mm -hmm. when they can't find it themselves. Um, that, that was what changed my life and my perspective on what I was doing. And I felt less hopeless, um, and I also felt really, um, I wasn't prepared for the messages that I received. People telling me that my songs saved their life and, and giving me really, really personal stories. And throughout the pandemic, there were hundreds, if not thousands of those messages yeah. coming through. And I felt that's a great responsibility to take on. Um, to receive messages like that. And Mm -hmm. I felt I really did my best to respond to all of them. Um, But for me, I, uh, I felt like I wasn't able to talk about my own struggles because I felt like I had to be a beacon of hope for a lot of people. And it just got a bit heavy. Um, And like I said, I've been in this, in this game over a decade Mm -hmm. and I was finally getting my big break and there was a pandemic and I couldn't go around and experience, you know, after working my ass off for so long, after going through all the crap, Mm -hmm. I was finally getting my break and a pandemic halted (laughs) it. Yeah. And we, you know, we're, I guess three years into the pandemic now and touring is back. Live music's back. We're able to do things like the way up series. And I'm just, um, I now feel like I'm playing catch up. I'm, you know, trying to put my face to my song. My song is like a worldwide celebrity mm-hmm. and I, <laughs> I am not there yet. Yeah, but, yeah. uh, so that's, you know, it's, it sounds superficial, but it's from a, just a mental health aspect. It's, it's real. So I really try to put that at the forefront of my music and my being and just try to 
tell people that mm-hmm. it's okay to not be okay and go see a therapist. Yeah, yeah. Is that your, uh, besides therapy, is there anything else that you do to keep yourself in a good space? I mean, there are things that I should do better, like eating better and uh-huh. exercising more and doing all that, because those things do help. But I think really it's just getting into the practice of talking about it. Yeah. With friends, with fans, with anyone who wants to, because I think normalizing your, I guess, struggle with mental health um, and talking to others, I think you very quickly realize that we're all going through something right Mm now. I think the whole world is experiencing this kind of trauma. Um, And we'll see five years from now, let's see what the the after effects of all of this are. But I'm definitely just being as open as possible but i really need to cut back on a couple things because i i'm quite terrible at helping Mm -hmm. myself how do you balance the fact that you know people see the public sam right Mm -hmm. and balance that with what actually may be going on but yeah people are looking at you oh your song makes me feel better yeah Yeah. it's kind of like who warms the sun (laughs) right who warms the sun um how do i balance brand product Sam to flesh and blood Sam. Um the two get mixed up a lot. Uh and that line is very easy to cross. I think for me it's setting up healthy boundaries. Um and you know saying to my team and I have an amazing team uh just that you know for the next couple of days like keep it light. Mm-hmm. You know if something major comes up I'm always here you can always call me we can get stuff done. Yeah. Um, I'm a workaholic and I love what I do. So it's not a, it's not an issue if I have to like, I don't know, stop drinking a beer on the balcony to come Uh in and like (laughs) do something like I don't, I'm not fussed about it. Um, I think it's just setting up healthy boundaries, which I've been terrible in the past and I, I'm quite bad at saying no. So I'm Mm -hmm. trying to get better at that. Um, but you know, just like hanging out with my friends who don't want to talk about work. They don't want to talk about music. You know, we watch reality TV and we we just laugh a lot. I I'm only friends with funny people. Mm-hmm. Just people who can laugh at themselves as well. Um, so, yeah, really it's just, I would say my friends. My friends, my manager, they're, they're all really good at just kind of grounding me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. They give me shit. Yeah, sounds good. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, what are your plans or hopes for, like, near future? To be happy. Um, I'd love to be just really happy with what I'm doing uh, and fulfilled with it as well, which, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows when any of us feel completely fulfilled? Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm working on this album. It's my debut album. Um, it's coming out next year and we've got a lot of touring to do, basically playing catch up from the Mm -hmm. last three years. My hope is that I can continue doing what I do. Um, I can continue making music. I can continue putting it out because I'm very privileged to do things like the way up series, like putting out an album. Um, I have a great team at my label all over the world and it just, I hope to travel I hope to perform. I hope to write more. And uh, let's just see what comes my yeah, way, I yeah. think. What can you say about the album? It's doing. super effing good. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, what can I say? It's, um, it's kind of everything I talked about. It's an exploration of my relationship with myself put into love songs. 
and it has a title. I can't tell you that yet, mm-hmm. but you'll find out. Okay, no problem. <laughs> I think I'm. I think it's gonna have thirteen songs. I can tell you that because thirteen is the unlucky number, and I've been really unlucky in my journey so far. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to own that. I'm trying to take back mm-hmm. the power of thirteen. Yeah. Have you um, seen yeah. how that you know quote unquote unlucky has worked to your advantage? Because sometimes when we're in it. This is horrible. This yeah. is awful. And then, like, once it passes, sometime, yeah, like, okay, you know, I got this from it. Blessings in disguise, yeah, we'll yes. call them. Um, yeah, absolutely. When I got dropped from my first record deal, at the time, I thought my whole world was crashing down around me. Mm-hmm. Um, but hindsight is a beautiful thing because now, if I was still in that deal, I would not be where I am now. Yeah. Um, so. I'm pretty bad at not dwelling on crap that's happened to me. But we're trying to move past it. Yeah. Uh, and, like, you know, luck luck is uh, is what you make it. I think luck is preparation meets opportunity and timing. Mm-hmm. So I've had some great fortune, great luck. Um there have been freak things that happened, like a once-in-a-century pandemic, right yeah, at the, yeah. the time when I'm having my first hit. <laughs> Couldn't have predicted that, so I'll put that down to being unlucky. Um, I think there have just been things over my life, both both personal and professional, that have just been these like insane speed bumps mm-hmm. that, when I talk about it, it just, it just leaves me... I don't know when I when I explain everything that's happened to me over the last, well, I guess my whole life. Yeah, it's just um, it's a bit overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. A lot of crap has happened. Yeah, but it's okay because we're here. We're still pushing on. I think it's one thing it's taught me is that I'm resilient as hell. Yeah, and I'm stronger than I give myself credit mm-hmm. for to get through and continue on. So yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, wrapping up, you're uh, at the conclusion of this whole experience. Uh, is there anything that you learned about yourself personally or as an artist over these three days? Yeah, you know, it's quite interesting. There are uh, two of the other writers here went to the same school as me um, in Boston and Berkeley, right? Berkeley. Okay. And Katie, who's here, was there. We overlapped, and so we were there at the same time. And we were having a chat one night and she said to me, you know, you're really different to how you were in college. Mm. And it made me a little sad yeah. because I asked, oh, how, how am I different? And she said, well, you know, in college you were so outgoing. And, you know, you were like, she said, you were like Mr. Popular and you were, uh, you know, everyone knew who you were and you yeah. worked at the front desk and like whatever, whatever. And... um it made me sad because I was like, damn, like I'm no longer, am I no longer that outgoing? Have I been, uh, just, have I become quite jaded and do I not open up as quickly as I used to? And so that was eye opening because I haven't, I haven't seen anyone that I went to college with for a really long mm-hmm. time. Um, and especially someone, cause Katie and I didn't really know each other at Berkeley. Um, but it was just interesting to to hear that perspective. Yeah. And that's something that I've really struggled with over my life is, is recognizing how I'm being perceived. Um, and so I've learned, I learned that. And that yeah. was uh, 
just an interesting lesson to learn and and in just kind of I don't know, it's made me more aware of the way that I am interacting with people, especially new people, especially artists. Okay. So I like that. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's valuable. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, man. Such a pleasure. I wish you all the best. Thank you, my dude. Appreciate it.